Welcome to the Spiritual Gifts Podcast. I'm Sam Jackson, campus pastor at Gateway Redlands, joined by the Mackenzie Campus Young Adults Pastor. Lauren Lucas. Lauren Lucas, thank you. you anyone would think I forgot your name then, but I didn't. I was. But I remembered my name, so That's that was good. good. Excellent. Uh, Lauren, we're here to talk about prophecy today. So those who did the spiritual gifts assessment and came up with this word prophecy, t- give us a bit of a, the biblical background to this yeah. gift. So when we look at spiritual gifts as talked about in the New Testament, prophecy is one of the ones that is off, is in the list. If you look at 1 Corinthians 12, uh, it says to another prophecy is given mm. as a spiritual gift. So that is the context that we find that in. Our understanding of what a prophet is probably comes from the Old Testament. And uh, we've also joined here by with Brad Case, mm. who is our discipleship pastor at McKenzie. G'day, everyone. G'day, Brad. Great to have you here, Brad. Do you want to just help give us a bit of a frame of reference? We've got uh, Old Testament prophets, uh, what do they do? But then this gift of prophecy in the New Testament. Just help us understand a bit more about what that what that looks like. Yeah, for sure. I reckon people who kind of get this on their spiritual gifts test are going to go freak out. I'm, I remember being a young fella, doing a, about 20 years old, doing a spiritual gifts test and getting this come up and freaking out, going, oh, what's prophecy all about? But having a bit more biblical understanding, I feel like I've grown into this gift as I've gotten older because I understand that the Old Testament role of prophet is really about speaking truth to power. So we look at examples like Jonah. He was called by God to go to a specific people in Nineveh, actually Israel's enemy. So that's a pretty tough assignment from Jonah. Didn't want to go, actually. He jumped out of a boat, got swallowed by a whale. We'll follow that story later on. But um, end up going there and very reluctantly speaking truth of the word of God to the people. Hey, if you don't turn your lives around, you're going to get smited, smitten, smote. Whatever the word is for that, you get smited. Smited. That word needs Um, to come back. It does, yeah, I reckon. Uh, And they had a miraculous turnaround. Like Israel's enemies totally turned around and put their trust in God. Uh, The picture there is not around a fortune-telling picture of this is what's going to, like, you'll do this if it doesn't happen. That's kind of part of it. But the truth of it is Jonah took the truth of the word of God and it convicted them to have a whole of culture turn around in that city. A more personal example of that might be the prophet um, of Nathan. So he he's the prophet to King David. King David's actually just done a whole bunch of sin. He's slept with Bathsheba. He's tried to kill it. He's killed a dude. Try to cover it all up. And Nathan is the man of God. Comes to David and sees to the heart and speaks truth uh, in a language David understands. He has an analogy about a sheep being stolen. David goes crazy. We got to kill that guy. Mm. And then suddenly he's convicted because Nathan says, "You are that guy." Mm. Um, it's a, it's a truthful conviction to either a group of people or a specific person that creates a cultural change in their heart and in their people. That's the real Old Testament picture of prophet. And I actually resonate with that more than the fortune-telling side of mm. prophecy that I think we might have gotten confused with in modern day. I think people kind of see it as maybe get confused with some words of knowledge or other things like that, but it really is speaking truth to power that God's people might turn around and live his way. Mm. I think, Brad, there is, uh, and, and probably for people listening, um, there, there is there is a big group of Christians today who believe that this gift finished with the apostles, the apostles mm. and the prophets, capital A, capital P, this gift is done. Uh, so you've talked about the Old Testament, and yeah. certainly there's no disagreement that there's prophets there. I mean, we have a collection of books called the prophets. Yeah. New Testament, New Covenant, Jesus has come, he's died on the cross, he's risen again, he's sent the church into the world. What does the gift of prophecy, we're here talking about it today, so we believe it's still around. Absolutely. What's it look like well, today? Well, Laurie's already kind of pointed out, it is a, a gift called 
to the, the church today in the New Testament. And some examples in the book of Corinthians really give, or 1 Corinthians give us this. So 1 Corinthians 14.4 says, Anyone who speaks in tongues edifies themselves, but one who prophesies edifies the church. As the church, we need to be edified. We need to have be refined. We need to have uh, our goals set in front of us, truth spoken to us about how we actually put love in action. Um, Corinthians, uh, the chapter before in verse thir- in chapter 13, says, If I speak in tongues and men of angels but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. How much do we just clang our gongs mm-hmm. at church rather than actually speak truth? That's probably side joke. But if I have a gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries of all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. I reckon that's a real key verse for us, that any spiritual gift has to be grounded in love, but particularly the gift of prophecy is not about me building myself up or oh, look on the prophet here. Mm. It's actually I have a deep conviction, something of the Holy Spirit has moved inside me to say this is not right. Personal examples for me of that, um, if you indulge me for a second, is there's been a few times in my life where I've been working in an organization or working in a church environment or even working in after-school care, and a decision is made by the bosses that just really dishonors or cuts the legs out of the people who are working there or even the kids. Like it's a decision that impacts them negatively, and you think something in me almost breaks. You almost see spiritual red <laughs> in some ways and go, that's not right. It's almost that Popeye moment. I can't stand it. I can't stand it no more. <laughs> like that's kind of like this thing that happens inside. And you, I, I found more often than not, I become the person who will have that one-on-one conversation uh, with the leader or the boss about how that's negatively impacting people. But the, the, the shadow side of the downside of that too is it can become a bit of a lightning rod. Like if you aren't controlled or don't do it out of a place of love, you can become the person with the microphone shouting out, how bad are these guys? Like, mm. And you become the rider on the street. Mm. That's not the role of prophet. The role of prophet is the considered love-based truth speaking to power about things that when power is being abused. Mm-hmm. We see that in Jonah. We see it in, in, in David, Old Testament. We see it as Paul's talking to the Corinthians in the first church, he, in the New Testament church, yeah. base it on love. Speak to truth, mm-hmm. um, but do it in love. And if we go back to even 1 Corinthians 14, just mm. the, the verse before what you said in uh, verse 3, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. You see in the words encouraging and comfort, this idea of what we would naturally think is more loving, um, encouraging and strengthening. But uh, encouraging and comforting, but the idea of strengthening, Mm. you do it in love, but strengthening is not always um, comfortable. Uh, it does bring this idea of uh, pain and discomfort. And I think that totally. we, we can see that uh, with someone with a prophetic gift. It is uh, to be delivered in love, but it's not always something that's easy to uh, take a hold of and it can cause pain. Absolutely. But when it is done in that context of love, hopefully the aim is to have encouragement and eventual comfort from that. And so I think it's great to hold that in context as well, that this idea of strengthening, it is for the good, but it isn't always comfortable. Absolutely. And it needs to really listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit around, Spirit around that. It's mm. it's not my own desires or my own wishes that I think would happen that make pe- people feel better, better about themselves. It is a quickening of the Holy Spirit to go to see that's not right, but it's, it's an us gift. Prophecy is an us gift. Mm. It's even in the Old Testament, it wasn't about the prophet's desire. It was about God's people. It was always about God's mm. people being returned to him or uh, a whole people unsaved coming to him mm. for the first time. That's that's the gift of prophecy. It's 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 an us gift. You mentioned uh, Jonah before and the people mm. of Nineveh. When I've thought of prophecy, that is, a, that is a specific people at a specific time in history and there would have been cultural nuances about Nineveh. I think, yeah. I think when I said earlier uh, about 
some people believe proph- prophecy ended uh, with with Jesus coming and going, yeah. um, and with the apostles and the prophets. Um, that would be that would be okay if the world had not changed at all in the last two thousand years, <laughs> That's right? Exactly right. We live in a completely different time in a completely different place, the other side of the world from their different culture. Technologically, we are completely different, mm. and I've I've often thought of prophecy as being taking the eternal the eternal nature of God's truth that doesn't change, but the prophet applies it in a cultural moment like we're in right now so to good. say this this is where we're at, people of God, and uh, this is where God wants us to go. And there's, with, with that often comes a warning. Like if yeah. we don't, we're going to end up over here, which is not where we want to be. That's right. Is that is that part of the gift as you see it totally. as Totally. Well? It's almost like that you've become the instrument for the the, the choir that you're trying to sing to right now. Mm. Like uh, if we've had the gift, it's almost like the Holy Spirit prompts it. We become, as a prophet, almost the mouthpiece or the instrument for that that speaks specifically to those who need to hear it mm. in this time. So. Think about this cultural moment, for example. Um, there are great people like Mark Sayers, who I'd say yeah. is a cultural prophet. Mm. So if you haven't looked at any of his podcasts and stuff, uh, go do that, pause this podcast, come back to it. <laughs> He's a bit of a legend, yeah. really good stuff. But he speaks prophetically into how we as the church may not quite be getting this cultural moment right. And he, he's prophetically speaking to us as the church about honing in on how do you live out your faith in a postmodern, uh, fully consumeristic world mm. It's the voice of the prophet. Mm. He's an instrument of God speaking to us as the church. How do we return to God without getting consumed by the world in which we live? Yeah. Brad, let's talk practically. Yeah. So as a person who's just done the spiritual gifts assessment, mm. take take you back when you were 20, yeah, and this yeah. has come out, uh, they're a long way off becoming the next Mark Sayers. Yeah. And and what we what we probably don't want to happen is for Jason Ellsmore to get a whole bunch of emails from prophets saying, you, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, So tell us. Uh, for the person who, who got this result mm. and is starting to wrestle with it, what are some practice? Where, where could they apply this? What What are some ministry areas at Gateway where they could start to apply this gift? Yeah, this is one, probably one of the unique gifts that can be applied to pretty much any ministry area in in, in some way, shape, or form. Because it is it, the gift of the Holy Spirit speaks to us about that particular particular area. So it might be, for example, prayer ministry. It might be you have words of knowledge for people, and that's great. I can't wait to hear Laurie's podcast about that later on. But I, I, I reckon the picture of uh, just asking the Spirit to speak into the life of someone who's sharing their life with you is a great place in prayer ministry, um, a- any type of ministry that that has that intentional one-on-one space. You're right. It's not about writing a letter to the senior pastor or any pastor you want about what you think's wrong with the church. That's not the role of prophet. The role of prophet is to hear from God, how can we be better at the things we're doing and actively speak into and work into that in a constructive way. Mm. Um, very rarely did you see the Old Testament prophets and the New Testament church leaders be critical for deconstruction. Mm. They were critical to be construction, like That's to construct yeah. the church. So yeah. uh, it can be used in pretty much any ministry areas. It's probably more used in the marketplace. Yeah. Um, in your day-to-day life, uh, when you see things that are, uh, that are unjust, how do you speak the truth in love to someone else about how to maybe fix that problem? It can be done in your family as well. When you see kids, family members, whatever else, behaving in a way that doesn't honor the word of God, how do you come alongside, redirect their gaze to Jesus mm-hmm. and help them live a life worthy of his calling? That's beautiful. And I love what you read before that, for me, the, 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 the filter through which you've got to put everything, whether you're about to send click on that email, you're about to go and speak to your boss, or you're about to do whatever. That's right. If I have not love, yeah, <laughs> and so the moti- check your motivation, yeah. yeah, and there's probably the one last thing is that personal response first has to come first. Yeah. All the prophets in Old Testament and the New Testament church leaders 
They always came before the Lord first, mm-hmm. got themselves right, and then went. Jonah had to do the hard yards <laughs> of going to Tarshish, yeah. defying God. It was all about him. God convicted him. He went anyway, and it saved a whole bunch of people. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. good. Brad, would you take a minute just to pray for those who uh, they are listening to this podcast because they believe that they may have this gift? Yeah. Would you pray for would them? would love to. Loving Lord Jesus, help us not be scared of the gift of prophet. Uh, the gift of prophecy is a gift for us as your church today. And I want to pray for people to become mouthpieces for God. But more than that, I pray we'd all of us who have this gift would search within our heart and come before you, Lord. Ask for your love to permeate our heart. Quicken the Holy Spirit to our ear that we would see with your eyes. We'd see the injustice around us. We'd see the things that don't honor you. And you'd really convict us about how we can speak truth to power that might empower people to return to you. God, change our hearts. Give us courage, but also give us discernment about how we can use this gift for your glory in the church and beyond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Brad, thanks so much. Pleasure. Lauren, thank you too. Pleasure. It's been a good conversation. Mm. Enjoyed it. 